Hey kids, it's time for another Just Another Fanboy Classic episode. This week we got episode number 13, which was originally published on Wednesday, November the 22nd of 2006. But one note, I talk about the Just Another Fanboy message boards in this episode. Those, of course, no longer exist. There is, however, a new version, which I urge you to join. You can find that at forum dot just another fanboy dot com. And of course, with this being episode number 249, that means 250 is right around the corner. So this is a reminder that on Saturday, April 2nd at 7 p.m. Central Time, I will be live streaming the recording of episode 250 in which I'm answering all your questions. You can send them to me ahead of time by emailing them in to justanotherfanboy at gmail.com, or you can just join me on the Just Another Fanboy YouTube channel during the live stream and send your questions to me live through the chat. But until then, how about we take a trip back to 2006? Enjoy! You have the distinct pleasure of listening to Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that thinks toes are yucky. Just Another Fanboy is a Lynx broadcasting production. Lynx, like the cat. Meow. Just like a comic book. 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 Welcome to episode number 13 of Just Another Fanboy. This episode was recorded on November 21st, 2006, and never asks for a second cup of coffee at home. I'm your host, Stephen, and I've decided to come at you this week so off-center that you won't even catch me in your peripherals. This week, it's the same old crap, but with a slick new exterior, plus that undercoating that you didn't ask for, but still had to pay. We've added a new forum to the Just Another Fanboy message boards at pythonland.com slash fanboy. The forum is called Creation Station and is a place for all you writers and artists out there to post your stuff. So I've almost finished V for Vendetta. I've had to take a break from it as the first volume of the Digest edition of Runaways for Marvel arrived from my library. So I put V for Vendetta down and read through Runaways. I enjoyed it some. It wasn't anything special, but, well, like I said, I enjoyed it some. Then Batman City of Crime came in the mail, also from the library. This collected Detective Comics number 800 through 808 and 811 through 814. It's written by David Lopham of Stray Bullets fame, and the art chores are handled by Raymond Box and Nathan Massingill. The DC website describes the book like this. As the Dark Knight tries to shut down a drug ring turned deadly, Bruce Wayne must contend with a wayward 14-year-old who's dangerously close to Gotham's underworld. Yeah, right. Maybe for the first issue. I mean, there's so much going on in this book. I'm not done with it yet, but there seems to be this new crime organization in Gotham that's moved in completely under Batman's nose. They call themselves The Body, and they seem to be able to impersonate anyone. But here's something I don't understand about the book, and maybe a listener can enlighten me. But the Penguin is in the book, and he's portrayed as the same Penguin from Tim Burton's Batman Returns. And I thought they stopped doing that. Regardless, the book is a pretty good read thus far. It has its highs and lows. And it took me a while to get used to the fact that the caption boxes were the storyteller and not Batman's inner dialogue, as is used in so many Batman books. But got used to what I did. It just took me most of the book. I'm very nearly finished with it, and I would recommend this to any comic book fan. It's not The Dark Knight, 
But then again, what is? Okay, so I've also really been enjoying 52 from DC, but my wallet is really going to enjoy its ending. But then Rich Johnson's Lying in the Gutters, a comic book rumor column over at comicbookresources.com is reporting, the new weekly series to follow DC's 52 is called Countdown, written by Paul Dini. It will start the week after 52 ends and will continue the concept of portraying the DC universe out in real time. Oy. I also want to say a little something about one of my favorite guilty pleasure TV shows of all time, CSI Miami. The thing I love most about this show is David Caruso as Lieutenant Horatio Kane. This guy has to be the cheesiest action hero on TV today. Horatio is so cool, his people call him H. Though the wife and I have decided that he's much cooler than that. So cool, in fact, we've decided to just refer to him as <gasps> I also love that all the CSI folks just do everything. They don't just collect the evidence and run it through all their fancy gadgets where the great techno music is playing while they twist knobs and push buttons and such, but they also investigate, interrogate, and arrest. I mean, they do it all. Plus, these people are so damn smart. They know everything. Yet, when they use one of those fancy gadgets that hasn't been used before, they always have to explain to the other CSI guy what it is they're using and how it works. I got an example for you. Norman and Gary have agreed to act out a scene I have written that is commonplace in an episode of CSI Miami. So let's set the scene up. Norman and Gary have been called in to go over a crime scene where an extremely hot, half-naked model lady has been murdered. And action. So, Gary, what do we have here? Female Caucasian, 19, multiple stab wounds to the chest. What's this here stuck to the bottom of her foot? Hmm, it looks like a rock of some sort. Granite, maybe. That's not just any granite. That's Bobby Lindell granite. Only found on a small private beach just a mile away. That's going to be our murder scene. So our Vic was murdered at this private beach and then dumped here. I'll try to determine time of death. Is that the XK21 red spray you're using? That's right. I'll just spray a bit here on her left bicep, and the particles combine with the DNA fragments to determine the placement of the sun when it last shone on her while she was still alive. Just as I thought. She's been dead for two hours and 43 minutes. Good work, Gary. Let's go round up everyone on the private beach and talk down to them until they confess. And that's pretty much CSI Miami. And I love it. Okay, okay. Let's get on with the show already. It's time for listeners' feedback. And so we kick off this week's listener feedback with an email from Josh in Kansas. And Josh writes, Great show. You make that monotonous Monday morning drive to work? Not so monotonous. Way to go, Stephen. Keep up the great work. Can I just say, holy macaroni, is Heroes the greatest show on TV or what? I'm very excited for tonight's episode. It's going to be incredible. Speaking of superhero shows, I was in Best Buy last week and I saw the greatest American hero box set. Every episode. A cape. An iron-on chest decal. An instruction book for the suit. Wow! I'm not sure I can pass that one up. <laughs> you know, Josh, I can only remember three things from The Greatest American Hero. The theme song, the red suit, and the blonde afro. Thanks for the email, Josh. You know, I'm still waiting for you to call the voicemail line while you're drunk. Come on. And hey, speaking of the Just Another Fanboy voice line, why don't we play one? Hey, Steve, it's Jesse from uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. I'm pretty new to this entire podcast thing, but I love your show. 
It's really informative, and I am just excited about the um, Stephen King um, Gunslinger series, as you are. You guys uh, keep doing a great job, and the odd thing is my brother lives in Norman, Oklahoma. You guys take care, and catch you later. Bye. Well, thank you, Jesse. You are our first official voicemail. May that keep you warm at night. Regardless of what else you may do in life, you're always going to have this. So come on, everybody. Let's take a cue from Jesse and call in to the Just Another Fanboy voice line. The number is 1-877-309-8367, extension 212. I'm telling you, you call, I'm going to play it. So hey, let's do some news. So without any more clucking and bucking, news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. This week's news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort is brought to you by the law offices of Smith Smith Johnson Smith Johnson Johnson Smith Smith Johnson and Shamalama Ding Dong. Have you racked up a few costly traffic tickets? Do you frequently drink and drive? Are court costs just plain getting you down? Then call the law offices of Smith Smith, Johnson Smith, Johnson Johnson, Smith Smith, Johnson and Shamalama Ding Dong, who specialize in traffic law and get a little thrill out of getting drunk drivers back behind the wheel. Hello, I'm John Smith from the law offices of Smith Smith, Johnson Smith, Johnson Johnson, Smith Smith, Johnson and Shamalama Ding Dong. The next time you've had a night out on the town boozing it up with your friends and you decide to get behind the wheel even though your blood alcohol level is well above the legal limit, make sure you have my card. When you get pulled over and have the cuffs slapped on you with an excessive use of force or not, use your cell phone to call me and I'll come down there and make sure that those by-the-books police officers Pay for daring to take away your God-given right to drive drunk. Don't worry, my friend. We'll make them pay. And when they do, I'll get 60%. The law offices of Smith, Smith, Johnson, Smith, Johnson, Johnson, Smith, Smith, Johnson, and Shamalama Ding Dong. Because being arrested for drunk driving should not have any ill effects on your driving record. This ad was paid in full by the Organization for People Who Don't Take Things Very Seriously. And what I consider to be the best news all year, Michael Allred's Madman is back. This April, Michael Allred's pop classic Madman bolts back to stores from Image Comics. A modern masterpiece, Madman was Adult Swim before cartoons were cool. Now Image is taking the character to the next level with an all-new series and a hardcover collection of every Madman adventure. First up in the Madman revival is Madman Gargantua, a mammoth 852-page full-color hardcover collecting every Madman tale from Madman, Madman Adventures, and Madman Comics in a single oversized, handsomely produced volume. A must for lovers of Allred's unique brand of pop illustration, Madman Gargantua is the holy grail. Launching immediately on the heels of Madman Gargantua is the all-new monthly series Madman Atomic Comics. Artistically, this is my best work ever, Allred says. The first storyline is called Jumping Silent Cars That Sleep at Traffic Lights and will turn the Madman world upside down. It's designed so that new readers can jump on, but buckle up because it's going to be a strange and scary roller coaster ride. Madman Gargantua is scheduled for February release. Madman Atomic Comics is scheduled for an April release. Full ordering information and product details will be announced in the February edition of Diamond Previews. 
Madman Gargantua will, will carry a, a $125 cover price and will be limited to 2,500 copies. Gargantua will not be reprinted in this format, so order one for me today. So, now my little fanboy heart is skipping more beats per minute than, well, something that skips a whole lot of beats per minute. Maxim Magazine has released their most awesome list of 2006, naming Civil War one of the most awesome things of the past year in their December issue. The shock of Peter Parker revealing his identity to the world, the return of Thor, and the awe-inspiring battles between heroes, including a bloody battle between Captain America and Iron Man, has catapulted Civil War to the top of the most awesome things of 2006. And the year's not even over yet. Civil War still has more awesomeness to come before the year ends. Civil War number 5 is on sale now as the all-new, all-deadly Thunderbolts take the fight to the anti-registration heroes. The Punisher enters the war, and Spider-Man makes another monumental decision that changes his life forever. Again. If you are looking for sheer awesome storytelling, look no further than the biggest event of the year, Civil War. This year's slew of What If comics looks to the near past and presents a new take on some of the greatest stories to come through Marvel in the past several years. The first offering, What If Avengers Disassembled, gave fans a new ending to that milestone story in Avengers history. The response from fans has been great, and the issue has sold out at Diamond. Another popular event to get the What If treatment is Age of Apocalypse, where we ask, what if Legion had not only killed his father Professor X, but Magneto as well? In What If X-Men Age of Apocalypse, the X-Men are left leaderless and Apocalypse seizes the opportunity to take control of the world. He does not stand unopposed, though, as a small group of Earth's remaining heroes, led by Nate Summers, takes the fight to Apocalypse in an attempt to undo his twisted reality. If you thought the original Age of Apocalypse was a bleak world, see just how dire a world would be without Xavier or Magneto in What If X-Men Age of Apocalypse. Marvel does not plan on going back to press on What If Avengers Disassembled, but retailers are advised to check their orders on the other upcoming What If one-shots, including What If X-Men Age of Apocalypse. In movie news, according to DarkHorizons.com, Peter Jackson, the man behind the big screen adaptation of The Lord of the Rings, has confirmed in a lengthy letter to the OneRing.net that he will not be involved in the making of the series prequel, The Hobbit. And on DVD this week, Alias Season 5 4-disc set, Boston Legal Season 2 7-disc set, Dr. Katz Professional Therapist Season 2 2-disc set, A Fish Called Wanda Collector's Edition 2-disc set, Ice Age The Meltdown, The Punisher Unrated Extended Cut, and Seinfeld Season 7 4-disc set. See the full list of DVDs being released this week up on the Just Another Fanboy message board at pythonland.com slash fanboy. And that was your news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. And now my comic book, Picks of the Week.
This week from D.C., we have 52, number 29, written by Jeff Johns, Grant Morrison, Greg Rucka, and Mark Wade. Breakdowns by Keith Giffen. Covers by J.G. Jones. The story of the year continues in four more chapters of America's only weekly superhero adventure. In this issue, they're going to kill me. Supergirl's going to kill me. Plus the origin of the Joker by Wade and Brian Boland. Blue Beetle number nine, written by Keith Giffen and John Rogers. Art and cover by Duncan Rolo. The Beatles back in El Paso and his friends are rolling out the welcome mat. Sort of. Wonder Woman number three, written by Alan Heinberg. Art and cover by Terry Dodson and Rachel Dodson. The adventures of the all-new Wonder Woman continue in part three of the five-part Who is Wonder Woman? as three of her predecessors' most powerful enemies unite to declare war on the amazing Amazon. But when Wonder Woman attempts to answer their challenge, she discovers a heroic figure from her past literally beating her to the punch. But who is the god's new avatar? And where does that leave the new Wonder Woman? And from Marvel this week, we have Daredevil number 91, written by Ed Brubaker, art by Michael Lark. Daredevil finally gets close to the answers he seeks, but before he finds out the truth, he'll have to face down two villains, both out for his blood. Tombstone and the all-new, all-different Matador! Punisher War Journal number 1, written by Matt Fraction, pencils by Ariel Olivetti. Hey there, Marvel Universe. He's back, with a vengeance. Taking no prisoners. Literally. With Civil War in full throttle mode, Frank Castle is feeling the heat. His safe houses have been raided, his munitions seized, and he's square in the crosshairs of a Marvel Universe big gun who always gets his man. Until now, this wasn't Frank's war. But when spandex-clad baddies start carrying badges... Well, let's just say that's something the Punisher can't abide. And Wolverine number 48, written by Mark Guggenheim, art by Humberto Ramos. Logan survived a plane crash, near decapitation, and being burned alive. The question is, how? In this special epilogue to the sellout smash Civil War tie-in arc, the answers start to unfold. Think you know everything there is to know about Marvel's most popular mutant? Think again. Logan's newest mystery begins here. And those are my comic book picks of the week. See the full list of comics being released this week over at the Just Another Fanboy message board at pythonland.com slash fanboy. And hey, while you're there, register and post and all that wacky message board type stuff. Got your own picks? Call 1-877-309-8367, extension 212, and tell us all about them. Of course, you'll want to use your picks from last week, but we would still love to hear them. And if you don't call, you're going to be breaking this fat man's heart. And a fat man's heart is enough pressure on it as it is. You could be saving my life. And now for At the Movies with Gary Indiana. Howdy, y'all. This is Gary for At The Movies with Gary, Indiana. Welcome to another show. 
The winner for last week is Logan, who correctly guessed that last week's line came from the movie Clerks. Congratulations, Logan. Your prize will be out to you soon. And with me again this week is Norman, Oklahoma, to help me out with this week's game. And now this week's movie quote. There is a war on how is it you are heading west? Well, we kind of face to the north and real subtle like turn left. Do you think you know the movie? Email us here at justanotherfanboy at gmail.com and give us your guess. And remember to include the name you want us to use in the show at the bottom of your email. This week on Heroes, a spoilerific look at the latest episode of Heroes on NBC. The cheerleader was saved and there was much rejoicing. And there was much rejoicing. Fellas, can I get a little rejoicing? Yay! That's what I'm talking about. Mohinder discovers that the boy he saw in his dreams on last week's episode is another person with abilities. This boy has the ability to enter someone's dreams and give them the answers they seek. Mohinder, thanks to the boy in his dreams, is convinced that he should continue his father's work, hacks into his father's computer, and finds that his pop has found all the people with abilities and has placed all their contact info on the PC. Nathan and Simone open a crate containing the painting that Peter wanted Nathan to get, the same one that Nathan told Peter he couldn't get. We don't see what's on the painting at this point, but Nathan splashes it with paint to cover what's on the canvas. And, as Nathan puts it, to save Peter's life. Simone ignores Nathan's request to keep this from Peter, and she calls him over to show him a picture that was taken of the painting. It shows Peter dead before Claire's high school. The name of the school is present, as well as a homecoming banner and a clock showing the time of Peter's death. Simone has done some digging and found the school in Texas. Peter leaves for Texas, but calls Hiro first, getting Ando instead as Hiro has yet to return to the present after his jaunt to the past. So, as Ando is already in Texas, Peter meets him at the diner, shows him the picture, and goes off to the homecoming game to save the cheerleader. Claire's father, meanwhile, has pulled out all the stops and has decided to use a most powerful weapon indeed to keep his daughter from the game and certain death. That's right, he grounds her. She, of course, sneaks out of the house and goes to the game where she is almost killed by Siler, only to be saved by Peter, who is then arrested by the cops, thinking that he is the would-be killer. See, Peter absorbed Claire's powers and fell from a very high up with Siler, and her powers allowed him to survive, only he was covered in his own blood after having healed himself of his injuries. Siler escapes before the cops arrive, and they assume that the man covered in blood must be the attacker and arrest him on sight. Siler is found by Eden, who uses the Jedi mind trick to lull him long enough for the Haitian to subdue him. Jessica, Nikki's evil half, whom I mistakenly referred to as Jennifer in a previous episode, has bought a very large, long-range rifle to take out DL. Micah tells DL about his mom and her other half, and they decide to go back and help her. 
But Jessica finds them and from a long distance fires off a shot. Did she hit DL? Don't know. They won't tell. The episode ends with Hiro having arrived at the diner six months earlier to help the waitress who died in the previous episode. So, the cheerleader has been saved, and next week's episode is set six months in the past, and will shed a little light on how the heroes got their powers. Tune in next week! And that was this week on Heroes. And so let's get this show moving right along and move on to this week's Podcast Spotlight. In this week's Podcast Spotlight, we take a look at the Collected Comics Library podcast at collectedcomicslibrary.blogspot.com. Okay, so I got into contact with Chris, the host of the Collected Comics Library, just to let him know that I was going to spotlight his show and to get what information he might have that I couldn't just get from listening to the show. You know, maybe some info on upcoming shows, official descriptions, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, What I didn't expect was to find that there is so much more to the Collected Comics Library that I had any idea Did you know that the Collected Comics Library podcast was the third comic book podcast to be uploaded to the internet behind the Pipeline podcast and comicology? I sure didn't, but I know now. The site also has the most extensive collected edition release schedule on the internet, so check it out to see what books are coming when. Uh, The site also has profile pages and checklists for every Masterwork, DC Archive, Essential, Showcase, Omnibus, and Absolute Editions. Dark Horse Archives, EC Archives, and other special collected editions are also represented on the site. So check out the Collected Comics Library podcast for news and information for DC Archive editions, Marvel Masterworks, Marvel Essentials, other high-end comic books, and trade paperbacks. And you know what? Go ahead and tell them that Steven sent you. Because this is a, a podcast I do listen to each week, and I really enjoy the information Chris has. So get on over there, uh, collectedcomicslibrary.blogspot.com, and listen to the show. And so this brings us once again for The View from Norman, Oklahoma, a weekly segment in which our resident bitter old fanboy pisses and moans about the state of the comic book industry, or just anything that generally pisses him off. Ladies and gentlemen, Norman, Oklahoma. You gonna come? Are you gonna come do this? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry about that. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Now, let me just get situated here. <clears throat> All right. Ready? Okay. You know, there is a certain freedom in contributing my voice to a podcast that no one ever listens to, because Stephen just can't seem to find anyone who wants to take a few moments out of their lives and drop by this sad, empty corner of the web. I can say pretty much whatever I want to. I can shout it to the cosmos, and I won't have to worry about my inbox filling up with nasty emails since no one's ever going to listen to it anyhow. I can go on and on about my weekend trips up north where I enjoy ice fishing, cross-country skiing, and clubbing baby seals. I could drone away recounting all the separate occasions that I have littered on this nation's highways. Heck, 
I could even tell the story about the time I killed a man in Reno just to watch him die. Why not? No one's ever going to listen to this show, so I might as well just uh, spill the beans already. Uh-oh. You know, I once spent the night in Miami and licked the toilet seat in a public restroom just so I could say that I did. Uh, There's nothing I enjoy more than dressing up as a little old lady and trying to guilt men into helping me cross the street. Um, did you know that if you shoot heroin directly into your eyeball that it doesn't leave any marks for the cops to see? Uh, now, I've never told anyone this before, but sometimes when I get bored in the middle of the night, I like to put on nothing but my boxers and a oh, pair of cowboy boots and walk the streets and ask no. anyone I meet if they have any Limburger cheese to spare. Uh, Norman. Now, um, you just hush now. I mean, this is just so spiritually uplifting to unburden myself to these truths. Okay. I mean, I just have to keep going. I don't want to leave anything out. Right. I was the second gunman on the grassy knoll. I'm the reason we have global warming. One time, I kicked a puppy so I could see what it would do, but I kicked it too hard and it flew over the neighbor's back fence and landed in their barbecue grill. They were having a barbecue at the time and the grill was lit. Boy, that was seven years ago and I still can't get the stench of burning puppy out of my nostrils. Oh, God. Elvis isn't dead. He's sleeping on my couch. I like to pee in public swimming pools. You know that feeling you get when you're all alone at night in your house and you think you see somebody from out the corner of your eye peeking in at you through your window, but when you turn to look and no one's there... Yep, that's me. I'm real quick. Oh, God. I take money from charity jars. Uh, I have tattoos on the insides of my eyelids. I'm the guy from the Alanis Morissette song. Uh, Bigfoot isn't real. That's just me walking this woods naked. Oh, Norman. I steal candy from babies. Oh. <laughs> Boy, that was fun. I'm sure glad ain't nobody listening. Uh, Norman, um, <clears throat> I don't know how to tell you this, but, you know, uh, we actually do have an audience now uh somewhere in the upper uh you know double digits what <laughs> yeah i didn't tell you uh you know we kind of jumped up a bit in the last few weeks um <clears throat> you know as a matter of fact uh your segment is one of the more popular ones so you know I, i'm sure that most of these people that are listening are are, are actually listening to you more than than anything else oh uh pay no attention to the man behind the curtain Run away! Run away! <laughs> and that was the view from Norman, Oklahoma. And this brings another nose-picking episode to a close. Uh, as always, uh, please take a moment to show me how much you love and care for this show. You can do that in, of course, now five ways. You can send me an email at justanotherfanboy at gmail.com. You can sign up and post at the message board at pythonland.com slash fanboy. You can go to Podcast Alley at podcastalley.com, search for Just Another Fanboy and vote for the show. You can find the show on iTunes and write a review. And you can call in at 1-877-309-8367, extension 212, and leave an audio comment or review or song or silly noises or whatever. Doesn't matter. I'm going to play it, providing it's clean. And, of course, if you do all five, then that means um, you're awesome. The theme song for the show is Comic Book by the Super Spies. Find it and information about the band at garageband.com. The rest of the music from this week's episode comes from the pod show Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. And while you're out there on the Internet, take a moment to check out all the other great programs from Lynx Broadcasting. Just follow the Links Broadcasting link found at the top of the JustAnotherFanboy.com website or go directly to their site at LinksBroadcasting.com. That's L-Y-N-X Broadcasting.com. So until next week, I'm Steven, and I'm Just Another Fanboy. <laughs>
Bye-bye, Daddy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job. Yeah.